What's going on, everyone? Star Wars fans across the country, across the world, all still probably, hopefully, safe, locked in your house. And if you are going out, hopefully uh, things aren't too chaotic around you, unlike here uh, in the Sunshine State, where things can be a little dicey. Um, this is a new episode of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast, where we are going to be talking to another wonderful guest in the, not just the Star Wars space, but sort of the everything space. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we get to know her, because she really can't be contained. You know, every, every universe that you are invested in, uh, she's invested in as well and has turned that not just into a passion, but into really a lifestyle, really a career. It's one of those sweet spot sort of guests where it's everything created that they do is also what they do professionally. And we've never on this show, shockingly, I think between this show and our sister show that's also on the feed, uh, hosted by Tori Fox, I don't think that there's ever been a cosplayer in like 90 plus episodes that has come up. We've had writers, we've had hosts, we've had different people involved in Star Wars, people from Lucasfilm, uh, actors, actresses, and yet here we are with our first ever cosplayer. And that's such a huge part of Star Wars, such a huge part of the community. And so we are talking to a TikTok content creator, YouTuber, model, guitar player. You know, if you follow her on Instagram, you get a little bit of a, a little taste of everything that they do. Uh, a Disney fan, Marvel fan, Star Wars fan. It's uh, Taya Miller. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's uh, how's everything? Which is these are all the, the redundant questions that we've already mm -hmm. talked off air. But you know, it's it's how you open things. So yeah, yeah. Er everything solid with you out in uh, out in LA? It is. I finally just got back from my uh, my first cruise ever. Actually, it was a Disney cruise, and uh, it was it was a good time. So back in LA for a while. Yeah, and uh, you've been you've been a very very busy person, uh, like you said. The Disney Cruise, um, doing a couple premieres. You did well before Disney Cruise. Black Widow, Marvel was collaborating with you. A lot of you guys on uh, to bring you out for those fan events, and now uh, Shang Chi, which I haven't seen at the time of this recording. Taya has seen Shang Chi. I'm seeing Shang Chi. I think in like two days. Um, so we're not going to be able to, not that we would, cause it's not a Marvel show, but do you have a quick, quick reaction yes. to what you saw? Shameless plug guys go buy tickets to Shang-Chi. It is, I'm not exaggerating when I say that it is in my top three Marvel movies. It is so it, it's yes. Watch it. Please. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, everything about it, um, especially that cast, absolutely stacked. It just it looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, everything about the choreography and, and the visuals. So really excited about that. There's going to be a lot of, of other things sort of popping up in this conversation, which is always exciting because Star Wars is so important to the geek space, but it's so much bigger than just that, especially with all the different connections. You know, we were talking off air about someone like Taika Waititi that appears in both Free Guy and The Suicide Squad and how he's going to be making a Star Wars film up coming so we're going to talk about stuff we're excited about i know uh taya you're a big prequels fan oh yes you said and big time, uh, big time. yeah and what we're going to talk about sort of of course padme ahsoka the characters of that era two of which are two of your star wars cosplays two of the characters that you've embodied you've also done leia you've also done ray so you've got you've got that core timeline pretty mm -hmm. covered so far yeah. and you know i'd be remiss if later on we didn't touch on some other characters that maybe you'd want to try or that people have asked you to try and things like that so it's going to be a fun conversation but to go back to the beginning um you've been pretty open on your uh, social media platforms and in your content about you know your relationship like with your dad and things like that and how he's played a role sort of in your geek journey and how and you know and the things that you like and obviously you have so much of your content creation rooted in really in friendships you know so many different people that are in your space people that you know and that you love to see and work with so were you the type of kid that was always into those things you know because we're around 
around the same age. So was it like Harry Potter, Star Wars, all that stuff? Or um, was it a parent, you know, like your dad that really got you into it? Or just all stuff that sort of came on later for you? Yeah. So when I was younger, um, my dad, my dad's always been super into Star Wars. Like that is, that is his thing, um, that and Star Trek. And so growing up, I was introduced to it at a very young age and we just like watched it all the time and like Friday nights it was Star Wars trivia night and we would wear like Star Wars pajamas on Christmas Eve and stuff like that and uh, so I really just grew up with it and I loved these franchises I, I really did um, and it was really hard also for me to to make friends Um, I had a few and I'm still friends with them to this day, but I really was just, I kept to myself most of the time, um, throughout grade school. And so whenever I moved to Florida for college, I was like, okay, we're going to step outside of our comfort zone. We're going to try to like go halfway across the country and like make a life. Right. And I got out to Florida and I was like having a good time driving. And I went to a convention and I discovered that there was like an entire world of this pop culture, Mm -hmm. this entire world of cosplay and in Star Wars and Marvel and DC and I really latched onto it because I was like, I really miss my dad. Like, I, I'm really close with my family. And I really, I really miss my dad. I miss him a lot. And so I went to this place and I was like, it's kind of like, it's like a home away from home. Hmm. And I would say that that's the moment where I realized like, one, this is a thing that I could do, right? I right. could cosplay. And two, like, this is my way of being connected to him when I'm not with him. Uh, so I really latched onto it. And that's when my love for it really grew. And ever since then, it's just continued to grow. And it's actually made me love the franchises even more throughout all of this. And moral of the story, I'm a big family person and I grew up with it. And and do you have memories that stick out either of you and your dad or of you either younger, you know, like you said, like it was sort of harder to make friends, but do you have sort of those uh, or, or it could be older, you know, in that college experience, but something that sticks out in terms of this is my my moment, you know, like that 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 first thing or that first time he showed you one of the movies or um, do you have sort of like that thing that hooked you? I have a really bad memory from my childhood. I will say, though, my dad and I have this saying we'll, where we'll go and um, to like comic book stores. We'll go there and then we'll just like geek out together. And like sometimes we'll see like a new character that we haven't seen before. And we're like, oh, I wonder what comic that's from. Or like, I wonder what book that's from. And we'll like look it up and do our research and figure things out. And it's fun. So he's a big nerd. So so, so your dad oh, has to be, yeah. He, big time. Deep cut nerd, probably when he was a kid, you know, <laughs> hanging out in comic shops and stuff and wa- watching Trek. Like you were saying, he loves Trek. So, is, so he's got to be pretty over the moon about the fact that you have such a strong foot now in all the stuff that he likes he's got to be pretty proud of you know like my kid actually does suit up and and, and do some of the stuff that i used to read about you know especially yeah, and when he's, it ties into like charity and things like that yes and he's probably one of my biggest supporters both him and my mom i get asked that a lot actually is if my parents support what i do and i'm like they're they're, the, they're my biggest supporters like they love this um and i think one of the ultimate goals for me is to just find a way to give back to i guess both of them um because they gave me a really good childhood and I, I throughout all of this I'm like okay I have this connection how can I how can I give that to my dad how can I give something back to my dad and, and let him meet like a certain actor or director or something and I, I love them a lot and so when you're out in college like you're saying and you're finding this community through conventions and through cosplay what is it that you realized about it that made you think this isn't just something that I want to see or be around but it's something that I really want to do like did you have somebody that was like oh you would be really good at this or oh you know you've been coming around here like why don't you try this or you know was there was there a friend or somebody down there um or up there from where i am in miami i'm assuming you went probably to a school that was northern you know either ucf usf or UF. ucf 
You, yeah. So they're, they're all, yeah, they're all up there. But yeah. So, so what was that thing that made you say, I'm going to, I'm going to actually become a part of it. I had a couple of friends. So I went to this convention and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I had a couple of friends that were actually on TikTok. And at the time, believe it or not, I actually really didn't like the internet. Like I just, I wasn't, wasn't my like vibe. I'd rather like go to the beach and go, you know, do something fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a couple of friends on TikTok and they were like, dude, like you would thrive on this. Like you should really, you should join, like make some content. And so I joined it. I saw cosplayers and I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. Cause you get to, you get to, cosplaying is so much more than just putting on a costume. Like it's getting to literally be the character that you love and that you watch on the screen. And it's, I think one of my favorite parts about it is getting to portray the character that you want it to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of latched onto that and I was like, I'm going to start making videos on TikTok. And I started doing that and people were like, yes. And I was like, cool. They like it. This is fun. And then I continued to make friends throughout it. And I guess it goes back to like growing up. I was, it just was really hard for me to make friends. I, I didn't, um, immerse myself too much into school and so finding that thing that I could finally fully immerse myself in that I genuinely enjoyed was mind-blowing to me and it was it was I guess that was my moment of this is where I belong and so to not sound too cheesy no 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 that's not cheesy at all I mean you're here on a show with somebody that parlayed their actual radio career into talking about my favorite thing all the time weekly if not multiple times weekly and again following lots of cosplayers I mean which is again like I said up top such an integral part of Star Wars I mean you grew up if you grew up as a Star Wars fan you hear about like oh the 501st or Mm -hmm. you know the Rebel Legion like these are these amazing cosplayers who put their their heart and soul into like you said not just costuming which is incredible in its own right but cosplaying really has that aspect of theater of you know it's, it's like theater meets costuming meets modeling meets performance and all of these things that bring it to life and it's such a great equalizer too where everybody of every background walk of life you know shape color everything sort of comes together and really supports each other and so I'm curious for your sort of approach to it what does it mean to you to find maybe that that aspect of the characters that you don't have or maybe that you do have because you're saying that you know it was harder for you to make friends but then sometimes you embody a character that maybe is either a evil sometimes or uh is really smooth or really cold or really confident and how do you sort of find yourself tapping into all those things and is it sort of freeing for you to do that i think so that definitely ties into into acting which I'm just not getting into. Fingers crossed, I'm successful for that. But um, I do think that's it's, huge. That's huge. Yes. I mean, you 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 stepped right over that, but that's a big, <laughs> that's a big thing. Yeah, I'm. Is uh, that what brings you out to LA specifically? It's there. There's a few things in the works under the wraps. Oh, do you want me to, okay, I won't. I won't. I won't leave that in then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. You can leave it in. But. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah. No. There's there's a few things that I came out here for, and I they're gonna take some time and a lot of effort. But I'm willing to put it in and I'm ready to make it happen. So more to come. But um, yeah, no, I think I think I'm going to stray away a little bit, but but it's all going to make sense. I'm going to boost cosplayers right now because as someone who I I don't generally make my own costumes, I've made a few, um, but I'm more just like I will put them on and then I'll do like acting on TikTok and stuff like that. But as someone who has gotten to know so many people in the cosplay community, I've gotten to see they spend hours upon hours making costumes. They will re-record videos like 300 times just to make sure that it's perfect. And it's and and then it's like the effects and the editing photos and and the going out and scheduling photo shoots and like it, there's so much work that goes into it and they don't 
always show it on social media. And I wish that sometimes they would, because like, I'm like, y'all deserve credit for all the stuff that you do. And I feel like sometimes they don't get it, but seriously, like there, there's so much talent and effort that goes into cosplaying. It is ridiculous. And it's, yeah, it's mind blowing, but um, yeah, no, I think the acting portion is definitely the part that I, I like the most because growing up again, it was really hard for me to make friends. And I was just like, again, I didn't submerge myself too much into anything that I ever did. And I was very, I kept to myself. I really liked to like write and read and watch movies and shows and stuff like that. But now I feel because of cosplaying, I feel more comfortable and confident in who I am and being able to, I guess, act and show the different sides of me and even just show like any of this talent that that I've been holding back Mm -hmm. is so, it's so freeing. And I feel so, feel so much more alive because of it, you know, like I, I feel like I'm finally myself weirdly enough like I'm cosplaying other characters but I feel more myself than I ever have I mean that's something that you sort of hear about you know when you like me and like a lot of the listeners like you are watching all these superhero movies and or these Star Wars films or Star Trek films and there is something to be said for when a character either first puts on that costume you know like someone like Peter Parker or things like that who I know is is, is a favorite of yours when he I think about that moment in Spider-Man Homecoming when he's under the rubble and he has to psych himself up and say like come on Spider-Man come on Spider-Man like you really have to to dig deep and find something in yourself and to connect that to Star Wars, the way that some of these characters like Luke Skywalker, you know, or they, they reach their highest height when they become sort of like a fully formed person and they find like that aesthetic and everything. It's such a visual I mean, obviously, with like red lightsabers being bad and things like that, like it's such yeah. a visual story that it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I, you hear that a lot from cosplayers, but you know, the way that you just worded it of finding like the different parts of yourself that you're sort of every day you can sort of tap into something different. And I'm curious, you know, in terms of content creation, talked about getting into it and how people said like, oh, you'd be good at this. This would work well for you. And people reacted positively. Do you, struggle is not the word, but do you feel a certain pressure to give people what they want to see versus make what you want sometimes like is there a push pull there of you know i have you don't have to name movies or characters or projects but is it like i have no interest in this but it's the thing right now because that's something that i know in radio or even in podcasting that i've struggled with where sometimes it's like i don't I don't care at all about this thing. And you have to sort of either find that angle or find that reason. Is that something that you, you know, now because it's become your career. Yeah, there's definitely times where things will be trending. And even if I do love, I, I guess throughout all of this, like becoming my career, I've had issues where it's almost like I can't watch a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie without it feeling like a job. And I hate that feeling because I never want this to feel like a job. I, I want it to be something that I enjoy doing. And like, if, if I get, if I can make a living off of it, like that's, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, like I do this for myself and, and for, to, to really show people like, Hey, you are capable and you, you can cosplay and you, you know, like you're, you're valid in what you want to do. So there's times where people are like, like specifically whenever Justice League came out, the, the newer one, mm-hmm. there was so much pressure from people. And they were like, why are you not talking about it? Why are you not like making content? Where's the Wonder Woman cosplay? And I'm like, that, that pressure is, is exactly what makes it feel like a job. And so I will I, I just, that's whenever I stray away from things sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to touch on this because this is, I'm going to keep this one for me. Like, this is something that I want to enjoy for myself. And 
I will say I will never cosplay a character if I don't like them as a character. I remember when I watched Death Note, a lot of people wanted me to cosplay Misa. Mm. And I like she was my least favorite character from that show. And I was like, y'all, as much as you want me to, I don't think I'm ever going to because I just I just don't enjoy her as a character. Um, and people were like disappointed, but I was like, I'm sticking to this because it is some like I need to do what I enjoy. And I think especially as content creators, like if we're not enjoying what we're doing, people can tell. They can they can see it in our face and in the tell. way that we talk about it. Exactly. You can and, always tell and you can always you can almost discern, I think, you know, especially with like hosts and people that really get on either social media or, or, or podcasts or radio or even TV, you can almost tell what they would rather be talking about sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can feel sort of the, the either the angle coming up or you can see the passion that they put into something else. I mean, like your your Wonder Woman example is great because when Wonder Woman 84 was coming out, you had the golden Amazonian armor, mm-hmm. which was such a big iconic part of that marketing. And before we way before we'd seen the movie, we'd seen the armor on posters and things like that. And you could tell how much you put into that and obviously how much you loved that. But if you had gone for a, a character like Misa or somebody else, like they would miss the other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that they had already known you to be passionate about. So it, it's a it's a struggle, you know, like with the uh, Star Wars stuff, like week to week discussion shows or content or review culture and things like that, like with the Bad Batch, you know, just having finished, there was a lot of pressure that I felt to discuss the Bad Batch every single week, break mm-hmm. down every single thing. But I just decided to wait and, and I wrapped it up at the end of the season, had a great discussion with a bunch of friends, which I loved. One of the episodes I'm most proud of because I just did it my way. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I just wanted to enjoy that week to week. I don't need to turn everything into content, which is so hard when mm-hmm. it's when you kind of need to. So I will, sorry, I want to rewind a little bit. The Wonder Woman 84 costume, you said I put a lot of work into it. I do want to clarify that it was made by Aelin Labs on Instagram. Oh, I'm going to yeah. plug, I'm going to plug her really quick because she is incredible. She makes the most incredible armor. Um, You guys should go check her out. Um, And then also the Bad Batch thing. I also experienced the same thing where people were like yo you should talk about this and i'm like i something about star wars animated shows is like i can't stick to watching them for too long i'll go in and out like i'll start and then i'll stop and then i'll start so like i haven't really watched bad batch but everybody's like you should talk about it so it's stressful it really is but (laughs) yeah you probably end up like binging it like later on or yes or things like that yeah i mean and i get that too where sometimes the binge model has sort of changed tv you know like when we grew up i don't know if you watch the same stuff i watched but you know like watching things like that's so raven or like you know like like things like that we were trained to, to watch things a certain way every week but then suddenly there was stranger things there was all these shows you know over the past five six ish years that changed everything and then suddenly we were back to week to week and so now mm-hmm. we're sort of untraining our brains we're like mandalorian comes out and you don't just get to watch all of it you do have to wait. and i'm so impatient sometimes like just tell me what happens yeah yeah, it, it's pretty funny. But so diving into Star Wars specifically, we mentioned up top that you're a big prequels person and we're both prequel kids and we're the right age for all of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what is it about Star Wars? Um, because it is so different from superhero things, you know, where superhero things are, I think, more mainstream is not the word because Star Wars is obviously one of the biggest things ever but superhero things are more um, populist like they're more I think relatable for a lot of people Mm -hmm. Um, you'll find more fans of them because those are people 
even if they're super broken or super rich or, you know, they have these powers. Whereas Star Wars is actual space fantasy. And so it's harder, I think, for a lot of people to relate to Yoda than it is for them to relate <laughs> to Tony Stark, you know, or Harley Quinn. So what is it that, that you gravitate toward in Star Wars and, and, you know, especially growing up with it in your house and everything? Like, why? Why did you did you like it in the first place? And why do you still like it now? I actually, I watched an interview uh, from George Lucas not too long ago. He was talking about how Star Wars was meant to be almost like a story of a family. I mean, it is a story of a family, but like that's what they wanted to focus on was like the relationships between everybody in the family. And then I think even outside of that, it's such an unconventional love story. Like every, every trilogy, it's like an unconventional love story. Mm. And I'm such a sucker for love stories. It's disgusting. Like The Notebook is like one of my top movies. Oh, Y'all can judge me the, for that. The Notebook. That's fine. That's fine. Look, I but love like, Gosling I, too. I love yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's something that I just love so much about it is seeing... I don't know, like Anakin and Padme, I know it's a toxic relationship, but like it was cute at the time, you know, like it's still cute to me and I love it. And like, um, not Luke and Leia. Oh gosh, I guess Luke and Leia kind of, but you know. Luke and Leia for, for a hot minute. But for a hot minute. For got over that real quick. <laughs> but, but Leia and Han, like watching that and uh, yeah, you know, and so it's, it's about family and love and those are two of my most valued things in life. So I think that that's a big reason. And it, I think it also just shaped me as a person. So you, you, you touched on sort of the Anakin and Padme, which is just funny. And we, we joke like especially now that we're all adults that grew up watching them like oh it's mm-hmm. a little toxic but it is sort of like that you know talking about like your interest in acting and all that stuff and how um emotive cosplay gets to be like that is the drama yeah. you know like Anakin and Padme that is like the the original T of our generation was this mm-hmm forbidden nobody can know about it uh we have lives that are clashing and there's war and there's i've loved you since i was a child and so it really is you know especially watching it like like i think i was six years old i was six years old when attack of the clones came out Mm -hmm. and seeing i mean especially because you're you're six and you're seeing natalie portman and you're just like wow like yeah most beautiful thing i've ever seen um but that that interpersonal drama and everything like that is really captivating it's like watching a play it's like watching shakespeare and spoiler alert for people that haven't read a lot of shakespeare it doesn't always work out well <laughs> i'm not even kidding that's what i compare the prequels to shakespeare because of like yeah. everybody always complains about the the script writing and the yeah. way that they they phrase things and I'm like but it has like a poetic feel to it it's like oh yeah everybody is talking in a very and that was so intentional too like george just talked about how it's supposed to be a throwback to like your 30s and 40s black and white features and Mm -hmm. things like Casablanca where of course it's like the wind is blowing and she smacks the guy and he catches her hand and pulls her in and they kiss and it's a whole thing like nobody acts like that but for the purposes of the story Mm -hmm. you are gonna have Padme black leather dress by the fire Anakin sitting (laughs) where we're talking about how we can't love each other even though we do love each other and that's the type of stuff I think that is so underrated in Star Wars because people Mm -hmm. always talk about the fantasy the force the sorcery the war itself um the dark side and the light but it's the underlying message romantic yes beautiful han and leia han and kira dare i say for some people listening the raylo of it all which i know some people vibe with some people don't alden alden i need your honest opinion how did you feel about the raylo kiss whoa whoa, whoa, why are you asking me questions (laughs) 
<laughs> Why are you asking me questions on, on my show? Um, it's so funny because I actually don't talk about it a lot. My whole thing with the Raylo kiss was this. I went in to see the movie. It was at a press screening, which are always boring, as you know. <laughs> Unless it's a premiere, a regular press screening is usually boring because it's a lot of critics and you don't get a lot of the same like, <sighs> like, ooh, and ah, sort of energy. Yeah, the cheering and the clapping and screaming. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen nearly as much. Yeah. So I went into this fairly confident that there was going to be some sort of, I mean, because Last Jedi tees it up. You know, Last mm-hmm. Jedi has a lot of the Shakespearean stuff that we're talking about, like, uh, you know, hand touch and, and force connecting over the galaxy and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, I don't, for me, I don't believe that it's realistic that if they go together, that he gets to come back and like be friends with like Finn and Poe and like things like that. That would be weird. So yeah. I went in and I said, if they kiss or say I love you or say what or anything like that, he has to die. If he lives then no kiss. I was like, there can't be both. And so when they kissed and then he died, I was like, that makes sense to me. So you're the one to blame for Kylo dying. Is what I did nothing. I had nothing to do with it. Um, I know I love I love Kylo Ren so much. He's my favorite character in the sequels and my, and my favorite villain in Star Wars. And I think really? he's great. Oh yeah, I I love 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 that character. Okay. And 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 Driver. Are you not not much of a Kylo person? I I never really got to into the sequels. So I yeah. never created like an emotional connection too much. Right, right, right. So that's the first time I'm talking about the Raylo kiss with somebody, at least on air. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have not an anti-Raylo person. I'm not a super pro-Raylo person. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, my favorite Star Wars romance is probably like Kanan and Hera from Star Wars Rebels or um, like I loved Han and Kira and Solo because that's so like young and restless and it's, yeah. it reminds me of like Greece or like West Side Story and things like that. So talking about Padme mm-hmm. because, because you do love the prequel so much, what is it about the prequel era versus the sequels versus the original trilogy and Padme specifically since you've cosplayed her that makes her stand out to you and makes that era stand out to you versus some of the other stuff like we mentioned earlier that's that's really the time like whenever I was that that was the most impressionable trilogy for me because I was so young whenever it first started and whenever I got all my action figures and toys and stuff it was like the battle of Geonosis and, and whatnot so that was always like the one thing that stuck in my head and she was really one of the first if not the first like female that I really watched on screen and so it was kind of that emotional connection it was it was her Leia and Black Widow that I watched growing up mostly and and I just really connected with them and Wonder Woman of course but um yeah she's I don't know and also I, I don't think she gets enough credit like she's I will have this argument to the day that I die like she's the reason that that Anakin really like became so I don't want to say like turned but like she she played a, a big role in forming Anakin into who he was mm. and then she had Luke and Leia and I feel like she's like such a pivotal part of Star Wars and nobody talks about it enough like they kind of oh. look over her. They gloss over her as a character. And I'm like, listen, give give my queen, my literal queen, the recognition that she deserves. You're 100% right. And the thing about Padme, you know, for people that are that are listening, that maybe you haven't thought a lot about her. And I know that, like, the people that listen to this show, they're into it. You know, like they, mm-hmm. they're hardcores. And so they, I know they know. But, like, just for the purposes of, like, really emphasizing that, Padme Naberi or Padme Amidala, Queen Amidala, however you want to refer to her, she is, like you said, not only the the mother of heroes, but even beyond motherhood, before motherhood, a queen at 14 years old who led her planet to safety, who united the Gungans and the humans, who fought at Geonosis, but was also in the Senate, was also trying to pass laws, was trying to make the world a better place. She's done so much. And I think that especially now, like in these times, I think 
she's a really great character for kids to see, mm-hmm. um, for little girls to see, because she, much like Leia, her daughter, you know, like Leia also, um, really follows in in both of her parents' footsteps. She's got sort of her dad's sarcasm, but also her mom's sort of uh, backbone and wherewithal mm-hmm. and intelligence. To see a woman, a young woman, be a queen, a senator, uh, a warrior, but also somebody who valued peace and everything, that was really, I think, important you yeah. know, when we were kids. Empowering empowering like strong independent woman like that's my vibe so is that the character that out of the star wars ones that you've done that you feel the most attuned to that when you're padme you're sort of like i i feel at home in this i i was actually thinking about this earlier i think when i first started cosplaying because padme was one of my earlier cosplays she came before leia because I, i at that time i was like i connect the most with padme but i think as i'm growing older growing up over the last like two years of cosplaying I have been I felt more connected to Leia and I can't tell if it's because of Leia as a character or Carrie Fisher but they both kind of go hand in hand you know and and they're both like very again strong independent just doesn't put up with anyone's crap and I, I kind of like am seeing myself more as that as I'm getting older so I think I'm kind of in this weird in between stage of I like both of them or relate to both of them about the same amount. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Again, like there's so many parallels between them, but that sort of, um, that Carrie Fisher Leia of it all, you know, like she says, or, or she said, you know, it's hard to, I still sometimes talk about her in, in present tense where I, it's still weird for me, you know. No, me too, yeah. I was always there in my entire life. Um, but, you know, what she always say, like, where does Princess Leia end? Where does Carrie Fisher begin? You know, it's like a... Yeah a Mobius striptease that she would call it where they were just this this one being um, and Carrie being so open and honest about mental health and about her own struggles and her resolve and her, her family and being actual royalty, you know, being Hollywood royalty mm-hmm. um, and how that ties in with the character. It's really like just cool that you, that you can find this inspiration in these these people, the actors who play them and also the characters, which is a big thing, you know, and, and you being somebody who's in the entertainment industry, it's it's not always, um, I think, the most important thing that the person that is playing the character that I love is also cool, but it definitely mm-hmm. does add a lot to that when, you know, when, when you do find something like that, like we were talking off air about the Suicide Squad, you know, you, people that are DC fans or that was, or were excited about that or just James Gunn fans, you might have seen Taya get surprised on camera by the, by the entire cast uh, and James, which was exciting. And that's a situation where you are happy that they are really rad people you know uh, like like i think that margot robbie is actually legitimately a really compelling she's, and cool person she's so cool she complimented my hair because it was dyed like harley's and i was like thank you you're perfect yeah, yeah. oh she's amazing yeah she's one of my favorite actresses so talking about uh padme and leia that's two of the characters you've done uh star wars wise you've also mm-hmm. done ray and you've also done ahsoka i think that's all of them for star yes. wars at yeah. least at the moment um what is it about Rey and Ahsoka that is different than Padme and Leia that brought something else out in you? Because those are obviously the Force users. There's a little bit more of a fantasy aspect to both of them, especially Ahsoka. There's a little bit more of a warrior thing going on, getting to wield a saber, you know, either having your hair up or having your hair under the montrals and everything mm-hmm. that Ahsoka has. And that's obviously a more of a process to get into that character. So talk a little bit about those two and, and, and what you like about them. I will say painting yourself orange is not an easy task and don't do it on white bed sheets. Lesson learned. Yeah, um, that's, that's definitely a, a pro tip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, Ahsoka, Ahsoka is, uh, what did she, there's a quote from her and it's something along the lines of if somebody needs help, mm-hmm. no matter the circumstances, like you help them no matter what. And I think that that's, that was the line where I really grabbed onto her character. Um, cause as I, as I get older and as I'm meeting more people and meeting new friends and stuff, like I'm seeing their struggles in life. And it's just like, if I can do anything to help them out, like why wouldn't I? And so seeing that aspect of Ahsoka's character really, that that's, she's like an inspiration to me, you know? Um, and I think all the, all the Star Wars ladies are, but she's, she's a very multidimensional character. And yeah, I just, I love her, her, the way her thinking, the way that she is. Um, and also just not putting up with anybody's crap again. <laughs> um, Which she had and, to have, you know, being Anakin's, Anakin's Padawan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you need to have the right personality to deal with his ass sometimes. No, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Which is some of the best stuff in Clone Wars is just their their tit for tat and and the back and forth between them. And it just it makes you more and more sad, you know, every yeah. time you see how great their their brother and sister sort of relationship was. Their relationship is probably one of my top ones in all of Star Wars. It's amazing. And then Ray, I could go on about Ray for days, but the main reason that I love again, not a huge sequels person, like it just it wasn't really my vibe but seeing again a like all of star wars we had we had females that were strong independent but we never really had a female lead and then the sequels came out and they were like we have a female lead and i know that there was a lot of controversy that went around it and i don't want to like make anybody angry so i'm not going to talk too much about it but i will say when i cosplayed as ray i would show up i would show up to like the disney parks disney bounding as ray and if you guys don't know what disney bounding is it's basically like i i wore normal clothes but i resembled a character and i resembled ray and seeing just the the impact that it had on little girls and and even just girls my age of how much this character meant like they they would be walking by and i would have my little ray buns and 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 the dads would stop and be like do you know who that reminds me of or and like the little girls would like freak out they'd be like oh my gosh it's ray like and it was it's just so cool to see that and and i think that that's something i'm gonna get a little off topic here but i think that that's something that disney's really really good at as of recently is incorporating more more culture and more incorporating more representation on the screen of characters that a lot of the population hasn't been able to relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the main reasons why Shang-Chi hits so different is is we've never really seen that before. And and watching my friends react to it and, and see like them seeing their culture on the screen, it's just so it's just so cool to see. And and I, guys go watch Shang-Chi seriously. It's so oh. good. Yeah, you've got me extra hyped to to go to the screening of the movie. I mean, I'm so excited for that. And you're right. I mean, all the Disney brands across the board with someone like Shang-Chi or with, uh, like you were saying, like the Star Wars women like Rey, um, mm-hmm. Ahsoka now getting to lead a series yes. uh, coming up on Disney+. Plus. And then, you know, the sequels had uh, several women, Rogue One with Jyn Erso. Jyn Erso, who in, in one of the darkest Star Wars stories gives her life that way, the original trilogy heroes can even have a chance um, mm-hmm. and how important that is um, but even like Raya and the Last Dragon was a big film in terms yep. of representation in Luca in- Luca as well yeah so it's it's been a really really good time I think for us to become the adults and now to see the next generation benefit as people in our generation become artists or as more people come to the table because it is true you know mm-hmm. I remember playing Star Wars on the playground in like kindergarten and really like we're five years old and so we're like 
oh well there's only we can only ever have one girl because there was only it was anakin and obi-wan and Padme. Yeah. like you know yeah. we could only have the one girl and and how trained we make our kids um we train them into these problematic sort of um patterns where no one's no one was being a bully but you just don't know and now these kids are going to be able to know in, in, in a much stronger way which is yes and they can look at the screen and they're like oh that th- th- this person reminds me of me like it makes you want to cry no it, it's super super powerful and that's something that um i'm sure cosplaying has unlocked a lot more um especially as there are more characters for people of color to cosplay for women to cosplay for people in the lgbtq community to cosplay it's it's a small thing thing where people wouldn't even think about but for years you know some of the most talented costumers or people that really felt like they could embody a superhero or star wars character maybe they were stopped because they didn't have anyone you know Mm -hmm. like they were like oh you know i you know especially if you're um you know like think about black star wars fans and how long it took them to have more characters than just lando who is great but it's difficult in that way. So do you have a, a, a memory so far from your, your cosplay career and, and your content creation that sticks out to you, either uh, of a friend or of a collaboration that was super inspiring or something that like involves kids or, or some of your charitable efforts, which we should definitely talk about um, because you've been involved with you know some great organizations like Make-A-Wish mm-hmm. and things like that. So There was this one moment. It was my, I want to say my second convention that I ever went to and I dressed up as Raven and my friend was Starfire and we gone and and the entire time like i raven's i love raven i grew up but she's she was my favorite titan and i went and like it was like all these kids were so scared of me but they were like oh my gosh starfire and like and of course like me and a friend like oh like that's normal whatever it's okay but there was this one this one little boy um and his dad approached me and he was like hey i'm like so sorry if this is like like you can say no that's fine and i'm like no what's up and he's like my son is the biggest raven fan and his son was like over in the corner like terrified And he was like, he's the biggest Raven fan and he just really wants to get like a photo with you and, and a little like interaction. Can you do that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And it was like a moment of, I don't know, like I, I used to be that kid in the corner, you know, that was just like so scared of everything and everyone. And like, right. and I was like, absolutely. Like, and it, I don't know, like that moment just really, it sticks with me and we took photos and he was, he was super nervous, but I tried to make it as easy as possible for him. But And then charitable efforts. I did... A stream with Make-A-Wish. Um, we called it Cause Stream and they helped me put it together. We had a bunch of other cosplayers and influencers that also did it with us. It was like a week of streams and we ended up raising about $17,000 for Make-A-Wish, which was mind-boggling to me. And then later on, we ended up doing a raffle too, which raised, I want to say a few grand more. So overall about 20 grand total for Make-A-Wish. And that's like that's that's from my followers and my friends like you guys are awesome that has to be like super humbling and also just like sort of like re- uh, revelatory like you probably don't realize until it's tangible or until you're actually putting a number on it or until you're collaborating with somebody how impactful it can be and i guess like this might be a not a difficult question but just like an interesting sort of thing to think about do you think that there is a a fight that happens with cosplayers and influencers and content creators to legitimize the business or the career path. Like you said earlier, people ask you, do your parents support what you do? And you're like, yeah, of course. Like they, they always have. Is it something where you, when people ask you like, oh, hey, Taya, nice to meet you. What do you do? Do you feel like you have to 
explain a lot or like try to make it sound a certain way like and you do you have to pull out the receipts and be like no but it's like a real thing like we we help people like we do things like yeah it's and I I think it's because being a a, I call myself a creator I don't like the term influencer because like at the end of the day I'm not a perfect person like don't don't allow my lifestyle and my choices to influence you but like I you I, I can create for you you know um I don't know. I, th- I think that it's a new, it's a very new thing to our society. It is and it isn't. Like we've had YouTubers and streamers for a while, but I think like TikTok and Instagram and, and making money from brand deals, like that's a fairly new thing. And I think a lot of people are having a hard time just like conceptualizing why you deserve what you have. Um, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about cosplayers and how much time and effort they put into things. Like there's so much that happens behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. And like, I'm gonna be honest, I rarely leave my apartment. Like I rarely leave, I rarely leave this place. Like I do all my work from here and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I really am. But that being said, like, it's still so much work and, and there, it has its pros and its cons for sure. But it's, it's a nonstop job. And even when you're not creating or streaming or vlogging, you are working on brand deals. Like I will wake up in the middle the night and be like oh my gosh I forgot to respond to this email and I'll respond to them at like 2 a.m and then they're like why were you up at 2 a.m I'm like don't don't question my life choices please but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah no it's it's intense and so whenever people ask me like oh what do you do for a living I'm like oh I'm a social media creator it's usually like a negative response and I'm like but there's there's a lot that goes into it no yeah I I think that it's definitely a, a conversation that's worth having especially like we you know we've been talking about kids you know and, and the next generation like they are gonna have completely different goals than we mm-hmm. ever did seeing people like you is gonna change their perception of what jobs are available you know like they're like they're not gonna I mean I think there was a the study that came out that was like there are more kids now that want to be creators be that streamers youtubers you know cosplayers models whatever that's gonna be than when we were kids that, that wanted to be astronauts you know or things mm-hmm. like that I remember going to the dentist and my dentist's like son or daughter was was there and I was like oh so like what do you want to be when you grow up and they said he, a, a youtuber and I went what <laughs> like I said like that's that's a job like in their eyes they're like that is a job that i like un- under occupations you know those little sheets that they have like five-year-olds fill out that are like oh what do you yeah. what do you want to be when you grow up they're, they write down youtuber that's insane yeah. like that wasn't an option when i was a kid not at all and even when it became a thing it was a hobby at best exactly you know, yeah. like it was mostly viral comedy Mm-hmm. You know, of, of any sort, either comedians posting so people could go see their shows or uh, funny videos of people falling or you know, <laughs> a- a- animals doing cute things. Vine compilations. Still great. Vine compilations. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a whole era. Rest in peace, Vine. Um, <laughs> One of the worst things Twitter ever did was buying Vine and then killing it. I like know. I, I will never understand that. But I guess TikTok sort of they couldn't exist at the same time. You know? Yeah. Like like one one needed to die that way. And when TikTok started, I remember when it was brand new and I was working at the radio station. It was one of the co-hosts I used to work with on the show I used to produce. And it was a it was a classic rock station. And you know, so it was older guys. And he's like, "There's this thing TikTok, and uh, you know, it's got it's all these dances, just people dancing." And I was like, oh, "That won't last." And then. And then and the way that it has exploded into comedy, yeah. cosplay, music, all of these things, social activism, people mm-hmm. really spreading important messages. Um, that's something that our generation has changed. And now kids can say that they want to do something like that because we've seen major companies like a Disney, like a Lucasfilm, Warner, all, all of, you know, even smaller independent companies that can't get the financing for their movie, their show, their whatever can go and, and do it. We've unlocked 
sort of the entire world in a lot of ways. It's wild. I remember uh, I had a conversation with a friend like a week or so ago, and she just got her degree in in dance. And she was talking about how these studios and these places are hiring people literally from social media alone. They don't need to have a college degree. It's wild. Like it's, it's it's seriously, it's changing the game. It's pretty crazy. And, and, you know, and talking about like those collaborations, I know that's something that I wanted to to touch on with you, especially just in terms of like Star Wars, like you have been to Lucasfilm and, and toured Lucasfilm and all of this stuff based on embodying their characters, which is something that they embrace, you know, not every mm-hmm. company. I mean, a lot of them have come around in recent years, mm-hmm. um, but Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm overall was definitely one of the first companies, if not the first, probably Star Trek as well, brands wise, to embrace their fans and to encourage the cosplay community. And so what was that like to sort of get that nod of like, <laughs> we see you, we like what you're doing, you're a, you're a good person, you're doing right by our characters, come see a little bit of what we do. I was crying i still remember the day that they did invite me it so this this was our first i was barely a cosplayer at this point in time right like i had barely been on social media or anything and they it, it was our it was influencers like the first time being invited out there and so it was like a group of us and our, our little like family that we made in our little star wars community and we got invited and we were like what the heck is this like this this is not happening right now right. and i remember i got the email two days before they were like, hey, can you fly out to San Francisco? And I was like, I was still in college at this time. I had a, an organic chemistry exam on the on Thursday, the day that we were supposed to go. And I remember going into my chemistry teacher and I was like, hey, so like I got invited to Lucasfilm. And he just sat there like, this is the worst excuse I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. Here's the email. Like I, I can send you, but do you want souvenirs? Like what, what do you want? Like, But he ended up letting me go and I, I didn't fail the class, thank the Lord. Um, But yeah, we went out there and it was we were all just kind of on cloud nine the entire time. We got to tour the campus. We got to see the different props from the movies. And they ended up putting us into one of their motion capture rooms. And there were there was probably around eight of us. And they literally said, hey, here's some props. Here's like the droid, like R2-D2 and BB-8, like the, the droids, the actual size droids. And they're like, go make some content. And we're all like, what? I wasn't prepared. What am I supposed to do? Like we you're were like, so you mean, like, you mean like in here? Like <laughs> you mean with your stuff oh. literally I, I was like can i like get close to the can i touch it like what <laughs> what are the limitations here and they were literally they were so like laid back and cool about it and he's like yeah like if you need help just let us know if we need to hold a camera like just like record do whatever you do and we're like okay so we just we went to town and it was so much fun that's it really was but it's just a magical place and, and again like a great company the people that i've had on the show from lucasfilm or you know stuff that I've done with Lucasfilm. I, I was lucky enough to go to when they opened up Galaxy's Edge to check it out before it was open and to walk through Rise of Resistance before that ride was even finished. Oh my gosh. And so I, I got to walk through it instead of riding through it and just sort of seeing the details and everything. It was ridiculous. I mean, what the, the, the stuff that they put into everything that they do is, is just amazing. I've rode Rise of the Resistance, I want to say five or six times now. And every time I ride it, I see something new. That's crazy. How much there is per area, how much there is in terms of the costuming, the details and yeah, it, it's it's really wild. Um, which is a good a good segue into what they've put into uh, everything that they do. Obviously, there's lots of different stories with the prequels and, and Mandalorian and all of these things. So I'm curious if you have a favorite Star Wars story off the top of your head. Is there is there one of the movies or or one of the shows or something that sticks out to you that you either revisit the most or that connects with you the most? I know 
Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite, mm. but it's a lot of people's favorites. So I say Attack of the Clones is my favorite, just to be different. But <laughs> Revenge of, <laughs> Revenge like of the Sith, else. Is, I, yeah, I like <laughs> I'm unique. <laughs> Kidding. I'm um, different. I like it before Anakin burned. <laughs> yeah, but no, I would say Revenge of the Sith um, because that's that was like the finally see like we had the original and then we had the the two prequels and then that was like almost the end of that story before it. You know, it felt like yeah. I mean, it was the end. You know, for yeah. Us. As it kids. was like the, the resolution and everything yeah. happening was it was just cool to see how it all tied together but yeah i am excited for for the future of star wars though is there something that sticks out to you in terms of what we're getting i think Pro- probably the obi-wan show oh my gosh what, yes what see, hayden guess. christensen again I mean, just because hayden, hayden christensen is the love of my life hayden if you're listening i doubt you are but like hi i love you <laughs> uh, and, and if you are could you let me know what you are because that'd be great <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's he's fantastic. And in terms of characters, either upcoming or beforehand, we talked about the characters that you've done with, obviously, our, our Skywalker women, um, with Padme and, and Leia and Rey, and now with uh, Ahsoka as well. Is there a Star Wars character that you want to do or that you get asked a lot to do? Um, I get asked you? to do Jen a lot, Yeah, which... I could. I love her character. I just haven't. But it's one of those things where it's like that spark of... Yeah. Like whenever I feel it, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm not going to like force myself to get in the costume ever. Is there anyone else that, that you are interested in doing? I've joked about Jar Jar a lot. Um, I think I could do Anakin. Maybe like a femme Anakin. Yeah, that'd be rad. Red yeah. of the Sith Anakin. Got the yeah, long especially because like he's one of my favorite characters ever. So it just makes sense. Throw a scar on there. Yeah. He's, he's got one of the best costumes too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yellow eyes. That'd be fantastic. Throw yeah. a hood up and everything. Thing, like i have the lights i have like a whole stack okay. of lightsabers so i have his that'd be fantastic that'd, that'd be really really cool and again production wise i mean like you can you can you can already see the tiktoks in your mind yeah like, just like the, the the drama the lava the you know lots of red lots of, lots of intense music and everything like yeah i mean he, he, he anakin is 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 the dramatic the dramatic heart uh a drama queen Wars. we like, have padme actual, our actual queen and we yeah. have anakin the drama queen the drama queen and that's why they were a match made in well i guess hell uh yeah. not, not really <laughs> not really heaven but um yeah so as we're sort of starting to wind down uh just in terms of everything again thanks so much for your time you've been so great and we've talked a lot a lot about creativity just in general which are sort of the conversations that i really like to have with star wars sort of being the through line but there's so much that goes into fandom and and into producing shows and and you've talked a lot about how um it is a lot more work than people realize just like a podcast if you're listening it's a lot more work than you realize no i'm kidding um but is there something that you've learned or gathered especially doing this in covid because you know you've said you've been doing it for a couple of years now Mm -hmm. that means that half of the time that you've been a creator has been in a pandemic world yeah so what have you gathered and how has this sort of helped you deal with everything that's going on? How have you had to change or adapt or, or learn? Is there something that, uh, that you would tell someone that's up and coming that, that is a fan of yours? Like, oh, I do this because of you. I think the biggest lesson that I learned was to stay true to myself. Um, the world and the, you know, the internet uh, and the people in your life, they're always going to tell you who you should be or how you should act or what you should be doing. And at the end of the day, only you know who you are and you don't need to validate anything to anyone. Do what makes you happy. Like life is short enough the way that it is, but also long enough to pursue whatever dreams you have. So don't be afraid. And I believe in you. That's really nice. 
that's really really wholesome uh and then the yeah i mean it's just an important lesson for everybody too and it's sort of the it's why we like these stories why we like these movies is because they they do all, all have that lesson even the ones that are about the grimiest dirtiest freakiest characters like <laughs> the suicide squad is about friendship it is about you know rising up and believing in each other and believing in yourself and all those things and mm-hmm. uh why you should treat every character even someone like king shark with love and you see what happens then he, then he won't eat you um and we were talking off air last thing I wanted to touch on is sort of your creative inspirations is who are you looking to right now, either in your circle, in your realm, people that maybe are content creators that are doing things that speak to you, that make you want to challenge yourself. And then outside of your circle, um, sort of like the larger than life pie in the sky people. We were talking off air about James Gunn and and sort of like him as a filmmaker and as a person. So who who is speaking to Taya Miller right now? That way, when people watch your stuff, um, they might be able to feel a little bit of that influence coming through. Is it weird to say my mom? I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's actually really sweet. Okay. I think it's a sweet answer. <laughs> so pers- personal life-wise, I would say my, my mom. She's always been a the most caring and full, like, hearted person mm-hmm. ever. And, and every time I have something happen or or... I don't even know how to, I can't begin to describe how amazing my mother is. I really can't. But like, she just cares so much about other people. And she's the big reason that I'm into charity work. And it's always been, she wants to give more love into the world than she receives. And, you know, we've had conversations about like, hey, mom, you also deserve to be loved. But that's a whole other conversation. Anyways, um, so I guess just watching. Oh, we would need, we would need wine and and, (laughs) and a a whole bunch of time to have the love yourself conversation. Yes, (laughs) yes. But she's she's just so giving and in watching her in her day-to-day life and watch her persevere through the stuff that she's been through and her strength and, and courage, it's just she's amazing. And um again, like one of my top supporters and I love her very much. Uh and then creatively I would say I would say James Gunn. Like he's freaking awesome. I don't know if you guys watch his Instagram stories, but he'll do a thing where he could ask me a question thing and it's always so he's so blunt about everything. And people are like, Oh, what do you do when you get in a creative rut? And he's like, I don't get in them. Like I just like I do whatever I want to do. And that's that. Like, he's just so cool. And I'm like, I aspire to be that. Like, get to the point with my creativity where I'm like, I feel like doing this, so I'm just going to do it, you know? That is honestly... And and we talked about James Gunn. We talked about Taika a little bit off air. Like, those people that are unapologetic, authentic, that are that have a punk rock spirit to them, mm-hmm. um, have always been the people that... I'm attracted to that I want to be like that. I mean, like that was George Lucas, that big people, people forget that Star Wars was the biggest independent movie ever made, that mm-hmm. it did not have the backing. No one believed in it. No one, people that worked on it didn't believe in it and how he's always done everything his way and how that's, that's still in the spirit of Star Wars. It's in the spirit of people that grew up watching it, like James Gunn, like Taika, just people that have gone to a place where they don't feel the need to validate themselves to anybody. Yes. You know, like that- that is really, really, I think, the most inspirational stuff. And even with like online creators, like the people that I find myself watching or listening, you know, they're not, they don't have an agenda. They're not trying to please anybody. They're not trying to, um, 
just do it to get clout or, you know, do it to get, you know, to the next thing, the next trend, the next anything. They're doing it because they have an interesting perspective or because they have uh, a love for what they're doing, which mm-hmm. which is something that I honestly think that you have as well. You know, when you're when you watch any of your stuff, you feel happy and you can always tell when somebody doesn't, you know, which is something that we talked about earlier. You can always tell. And so, you know, like something I love that you did recently was um, Avengers Campus and your yes. Avengers Campus stuff. You, you just it looked like you invited people in. And if you can have that thing, that intangible thing, it, and you know, and you can't really, you can't describe it with a word like, yeah, it's engaging. It's all that stuff. But that quality is, is really hard to pinpoint in people. And so watching like your Loki video or things like that, or even like on the cruise stuff that you were just doing, it makes people want to uh, let go for a little bit and Mm -hmm. sort of relax. So I I think that that is sort of the best quality. I appreciate it. And I, I feel that about, James as well and and a lot of those mm-hmm. people. So yeah, this has been a good talk. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. So if you want to tell everybody where they can find you um across all your platforms and everything. You're not on Twitter. I know I'm that, not on Twitter. Which no. is the best decision you ever made. Yeah, it scares me. My manager's like, "Get a Twitter." I'm like, "No." <laughs> I I will tell you that Twitter is my main place. My oh, really? Inst- my Instagram presence is very, very small, if anything. Um, like my personal Instagram, I update it very infrequently. My story, I update a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my um, Twitter, though, is I'm always on Twitter, addicted to it. So I don't say stay off of it because... <laughs> I don't like it. I say stay off of it because it's addictive and because it's full of drama. Yeah, so. I don't like drama. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, but you guys can find me if you want to. My username is at Taya Miller with two R's at the end. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and Twitch. I think that's everything. Yeah, and is there anything upcoming projects-wise that you want to plug? Mm. I do have things coming up that I can't talk about yet, but... If you stay tuned on my Instagram story, you will see them when everybody else sees them. Um, Super exciting things. Awesome. Awesome. And all your links are going to be down below, of course, uh, in the episode description for everybody to find. Um, And then as for this show, you can find me personally on Twitter, Instagram, AD Strider, Alden Diaz, and then, of course, over on uh, the podcast feed and all the podcast socials, Octo Radio, Star Wars Podcast, A-H-C-H-T-O Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. And then if you happen to live in Miami or if you like 90s music, 90s radio all that stuff uh i am the executive producer for totally 93.9 here in miami it's all 90 station i'm also on air on the classic rock station down here I do a movie show over with a couple of friends of mine called the one and done film club there's a bunch of other stuff in the works there's always stuff happening there's always stuff happening it's the internet we're locked in our house it's covid what do you want <laughs> um so do you find all those links down below as well so right now for me and for taya and for all the wonderful characters that taya embodies punch it chewy may the force be with you 